Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Eric Barreto. And I'm Cameron Howard. And joining us today is Professor of Old Testament here at Luther Seminary, Fred Geyser. Thanks for being with us, Fred. Thank you. Fred, Jesus' cry from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, comes from Psalm 22. Why do you think Jesus turns to the Psalms in this moment? I think as a pious Jew, it was the natural place for him to go for prayer in the first place. Uh, it It did comprise the primary prayer life of Israel, both privately, I, I, suppose, I suppose, and also publicly. Uh, so, obviously, Jesus is steeped in the Psalms throughout the New Testament, and just he, because he would have been. So, in the moment of greatest trial, I think this Psalm, which certainly is among the the uh, the most significant lament psalms in the Old Testament would have been uh, simply a natural utterance from his mouth. Uh, and, of course, it fit. Uh, deeper than this, it does not get. So why have you forsaken me? Yeah, one way I think we might think about it is that this is the air he breathes. This is how he prays every day. He's so steeped in the Psalms, that it's not like he goes and says, I wonder what Psalm I should say now, but that it's, it's, it's almost like the spiritual instinct. It's right at the tip of his tongue, and this is what he draws upon. Um, at the same time, I think for a lot of Christians, it's distressing to see Jesus on the cross crying out, God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, why do you think that is? Yeah, I think the reason it's difficult or can be difficult is the notion that it can't to which it can give rise, namely that uh, Jesus is somehow so separated from God, and God is doing something here to His beloved Son that seems just wicked, uh, and uh, 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 the there are. There are ancient Christian traditions that tend to talk that way, that God is giving over his son the, to, uh, as a sacrifice, as though it's a sacrifice that God requires in order to, uh, for the atone, human atonement, and God gives his son and, and gives up his son for that purpose. Uh, the, uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world. Uh, it's not that Jesus was reconciling the world to God, it's God was reconciling the world in Christ. Uh, the it is God's act through and through. Uh, God acts in and through Jesus uh, in the eventual Christian testimony, of course. Uh, God is in Christ. Uh, Christ is God. So it's not as though we have some division between the angry God and the compassionate Jesus, but rather in Christ, God is working reconciliation of us, of the world, uh, and therefore God is as deeply committed 
to this exercise as Jesus is, and God is as deeply feeling the pain of the cross as Jesus is. Uh, and so in Jesus, Jesus' outcry is a natural outcry of Christian prayer or of biblical prayer. Uh, why? Uh, and and uh, Jesus shares that sense of loss, separation, terror. Uh, why God, even though in the confession of the church and in Jesus' own confession, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, uh, but still there's that sense of, uh, of being so caught up in the human scene here that the outcry of why is simply a natural one on Jesus' lips, as it is on all of our lips. I'm reminded that John Calvin calls the Psalms an anatomy of all parts of the soul. And I, I love that idea of the Psalms and prayer in the Bible being so um, full of every human emotion. And so honest was a word that you used in your essay that I really like. That honest relationship that we have with God is full of full of all of that anger and doubt. Um, I, a lot of the prayer in the Bible, too, is poetry. W- what do you think that's about? <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 in my Psalms classes, I say, that I point out that, point that out, of course. In fact, the vast majority of all direct discourse between God and humans in b- both directions in the Bible is poetry. Uh, and uh, my next line is, I think it's probably almost impossible to overestimate the significance of that. Uh, only poetry will do in terms of the communication between God and humanity in both directions, interestingly. Uh, the, uh, uh, the depth of emotion, the depth of, uh, of, of feeling, uh, the depth, the breadth of the human experience is probably put together better in poetry than in anything else. And, uh, and and uh, that's at least one of the reasons. I mean, poetry was the language of worship, of course, and so that's another reason that the Psalter is in poetic language. Uh, but I still think, uh, you know, that answer only poetry will do is pretty good. Do you think, uh, I remember growing up, one of the interpretations of this passage was that um, wasn't like Jesus really meant it. So like Jesus says these words for our benefit, not for his benefit. That's never been satisfactory to me. I think it, it kind of lets Jesus off the hook or lets the humanity off Jesus, of Jesus off the hook. Um, and it sounds like you see it the same way. I really would dislike that interpretation as though Jesus is somehow posturing right. on the cross. If Jesus was a phony word, <laughs> uh, the uh, fully fully, completely sharing the human condition, including the despair of the human condition. If that's not true, then Jesus is not fully human and our confession is wrong. Uh, the, uh, so no, I, this has to be real. It has to be an actual cry of despair and torment. Uh, and um, I think it is significant, as I said in the essay too, that 
the the primary almost completely not completely we'd have to talk about that but the pr- the primary language of forsakenness is in prayer uh rather th- these are not as it were doctrinal statements uh here's where god forsakes you one two three but rather in prayer the outcry why have you forsaken me? Because the sense of the person, the Christian, the prayer of Jesus in this situation is, boy, that's sure what it looks like, despite what the do- the dogmatics say or the confessions say. That's sure what it looks like. That's sure what it feels like. And uh, Jesus has to be in that sit- same situation as all humanity. Otherwise, our our confessions of who Jesus was simply don't work. And I wonder if we might say then that that's kind of the very essence of faith. I think sometimes we think faith is this this trust that never lets go, that always is assured. But maybe in in this moment, what we see what faith looks like is that we trust God, and we trust God enough to say, God, why have you forsaken us? Why have you left me all alone? You've made all these promises, and yet right now it appears that these promises are falling apart all around me. That there's that there's a faithfulness to saying that it's not it's not faithlessness it's faithfulness yeah because I'm talking uh, <laughs> that is I am in relationship right. through this language even though the relationship looks like uh, it looks like it's broken it, I, I certainly don't understand it but on the other hand I'm still talking here <laughs> and so the conversation is still going on the conversation is still real. Uh, some people have talked about holding on to God in spite of God or holding on to God against God uh, as as one definition of faith uh, rather than everything's always rosy. And in that, um, having that expression on Jesus's lips, on the one hand, it is um, a great expression of despair, but I think also gives us hope because we're going to have those feelings of doubt and despair. And so to see Jesus articulating them gives us a sort of permission and hopefulness to say those things as well in prayer and see that that is indeed a mode of prayer, a biblical mode of prayer. Um, Very rarely, almost never, not absolutely never, but almost never does God respond to the prayer by saying you shouldn't have said that. Prayer says what is on the heart, and it's allowed to say that honestly. And uh, God never beats people over the head for that. God gets angry when people pray flippantly. Uh, but uh, heartfelt, uh, I don't think there is any such prayer in the Bible to which God says you shouldn't have said that. Uh, God accepts prayer warts and all just the same way God accepts humans warts and all. We have uh, Jesus saying all kinds of things from the cross and the, the four different gospels. Um, my God, and my God, why have you forsaken me? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Into your hands I commend my spirit. So you have this range of emotions according to the gospel writers. Um, how do we make sense of all these different expressions of Jesus from the cross? More than one of them is a psalm quote, of course. Uh, and, uh, and so in that sense, they are the natural language of piety of the first century Jew. Uh, they're different because the Gospels are different and speak from different perspectives. And so uh, Mark is never going to get beyond the one, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, it, it sort of ends with that torment. Uh, 
the other Gospels have different emphases and therefore pick up different quotes uh, from that experience uh, or apply them. And uh, <coughs> I, uh, I think it's important at one level not to put them all together. Uh, I understand we do that in Good Friday worship with seven last words, and I don't want to say no Christian congregation should ever do such a thing, but uh, it wouldn't work anyway if I did say it. But uh, the uh, uh, too quick a synthesis of the Gospels doesn't allow us to see their particularity and the particular emphasis and the particular theological point of the different gospel writers. And uh, so uh, it's certainly certainly okay to compare them and put them together, but at the same time, uh, it's also okay, maybe better, to uh, keep them separate and understand what a particular gospel is doing. I mean, we did end up with four gospels, not one. There's a sense in which, in the Christian tradition, there's these four distinct but complementary voices that we listen to. Um, yeah. And one of them has this Jesus that I think we many of us can find really troubling but also comforting yeah. in our own times of distress. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just co- close with this quote, Fred. Um, last line in your your article yes finally god will deliver the psalmist jesus and us but if we don't allow the full darkness of good friday we will never fully appreciate the glory of the easter dawn i think that's a good message an important message for us to hear as we head towards easter this year yeah i think so and that's why i don't want to tame the my god my god why have you forsaken me uh if it's posturing if it's just uh Jesus learned the Psalms pretty good, so he better quote one. Uh, the uh, then 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 it doesn't have any meaning really. Uh, in the depths, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord, a different Psalm, but it applies. Uh, the uh, the 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 Good Friday experience has to be experienced unto death in order for us to appreciate Easter. Um, and uh, so, uh, so we don't want to tame these la- these, these, this language in Jesus' mouth. Yeah, it's one, one way to think about it is that it's not Jesus reading this divine script. It's Jesus embodying all our pains, all our sufferings, all our distress at that one moment, this turning moment in all of history. Um, and God is with us all, all the way. I mean, there are different traditions of talking about what happened on the cross. Jesus suffered with us. Jesus suffered for us. Both things are true, finally. But in the, uh, my God, my God, you, why have you forsaken me? You have this complete sense of Jesus suffering with us. Uh, and without that, then the Jesus suffering for us becomes somebody else doing that rather than one who is fully of us. Well, thanks so much, Fred. It's it's a wonderful piece. Um, I I think our hearers will, our our hearers and readers will really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q and A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again 